Hello again, everybody. This is Jason Powers. I'm at the John Perdue uh, statue, which is really close by where his uh, gravesite is, which is right over there, about 50 feet away. Anyway, I come on campus and kind of look at Purdue. There's a here's the Memorial Mall area. Uh, trying not to get wet here. Trying to take some. Uh, video photos of when this place is dead quiet which even during the summertime it isn't this this quiet see i'm uh this is gonna be like a video montage of 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 the campus um figuring this um this fall it's gonna be off the hook here uh probably a lot of unfortunate things like violence and stuff so just giving you a viewpoint of all the how the campus looks. This is uh, University Hall. Uh, supposedly, I don't know if it's still in place, uh, there wasn't supposed to ever be a building on campus or in the zip code, but back then it wasn't a zip code that's taller than this building. And that's the truth, at least uh, on the campus proper. Uh, there's nothing, well, they think they've changed it until they, uh, there's a building behind it called Bearing Hall that's a lot taller than that steeple. So, anyway, uh, we'll take a little video walk. Uh, I've had a lot on my mind lately, uh, but I'm trying to find ways to distress. <clears throat> and uh, signed up for a baseball league for the summer, so that'll help. That's a good way to do something that's engaging and fun. There are some boys over here playing catch in the thing, throwing the ball around. I can't see it from here, but under the tree line there. So, I don't know. I think all of us are probably just trying to get by day to day. Let's see where we'll go next. Yeah, a lot of people that are just working here and there, trying to do their thing. It's kind of interesting just to walk around here, always, when it's uh, unpopulated. Remember, there's about 40,000 people that are going to be here on campus during the fall, and uh, lots of newbies. Sure, this fall there'll be protests and anger riots. And, when I say anger riots, they'll be rioting about something. I wonder how many statues they'll deface or things, the signs will go up. We need to take this down. This is, this is evil. This is a representation of white patriarchy. Blah, blah, blah. All this other stupid stuff. They put this fountain up here, it is on, but they put this fountain here about 1993, 94. Uh, it's pretty fun when they got it on. I used to stand on the pillars, watch the water spray. So This is, I think, Smith Hall. Uh, I'm not mistaken here. I know there's a computer lab in there because I remember doing my senior design project inside that building. Uh, back when you had a 
computers were limited and I didn't own one. So you went to campus and you got online. Then it was cool if you had uh, access to AutoCAD and an Excel file. Those were the 90s. Uh, technology seemed cool. I remember the first time I didn't realize this, I was looking up uh, Mark Andreessen, who invented, uh, well, he, uh, he built Mosaic, which turned into Netscape. So it wasn't, it was developed at the University of Illinois, which is where he was attending. He's about eight months older than me. So you know he's a real fucking genius. Because uh, <laughs> uh, he was building a, uh, he worked for IBM and that's where he got his ideas from around 1993, 94 ish. I think he got out of Illinois in 1993 and he had been working. He'd uh, come across, IBM pretty much invented everything you see on, on the visual side of computer systems. I mean, Bill Gates borrowed his his uh, systems from uh, IBM, and <laughs> then later IBM uh, uh, had a little had uh, Mark Andreessen who worked for him as an intern, and evidently he learned enough shit to uh, write enough code and build a a platform. And of course, he's a billionaire now, multiple multiple times over. He sold Netscape to AOL, which AOL turned into a garbage company after they merged with Time Warner in the late 90s or 2000. Anyway, that's that's a quick aside. <laughs> so we're here at the, I guess you could say the Engineering Mall. This is the Archway. A lot of people come here and pose and take pictures for their graduation photos. It's got the, the pillars or class of 1958, class of 1959, and this goes into the engineering fountain area, which is not on. You can see they're doing a lot of, there's a lot of work being done right now. Um, people are out and about. Some people are exploring campus. Yeah, the Armstrong area. Engineering mom, we got somebody who's already uh, decided they thought it was cool to put a mask on Neil Armstrong's face, which it isn't. I'm going to take that down. It's reprehensible how these people think and act, but this thing won't last long once they get a hold of it. Once they get on campus, they'll find something about Neil Armstrong to hate or despise, and that'll be that. Kind of interesting how we how people look at things. Uh, so anyway, right across the way here, this is the old uh, intramural gymnasium. They still have uh, the track team practices inside the facility. I've taken a couple engineering. Well, I took an e economics final inside that building. Uh, kind of goes without saying. I wanted to wait till the couple get got by. by. I gotta climb up here, so give me a second. Uh, mission accomplished. I don't know. Uh, people, I don't know. 
it's no big deal. I know they're just someone was probably just having a goof, but uh, we got too many people that are quote having a goof. You know, I guess we used to TP and uh, put spork up someone's yard or uh, take a saran wrap and put it around car doors. I mean, we were 16. And that explains it, young and stupid. <clears throat> and and I was drunk in 21. I remember climbing up a fourth, climbing up to a four-story balcony, literally pulling myself up and climb up on each balcony, and then do a pull-up and then climb up to the next balcony. And I was drunk, so I understand stupid. Uh, doesn't make it right. Just expressing my opinion I'm guilty as charged so I'm not gonna sit here and they'll say well you're a hypocrite I'm like well maybe I am so you want to follow hypocrites uh, good advice or bad advice you know I don't know the way people think anymore I don't think they think about anything these kids destroy everything they get their hands on it won't be a United States of America. And then they'll cry about it. They'll say, well, you let me do it. It's like, oh, yes. When we were trying to stop you, you just kept on saying, no, racist. No, you're evil. And then once they got it done, they'll say, why don't we have anything? It's like, look around you, idiot. You destroyed everything. How smart are you? Not very intelligent. And they're being promoted this way. This is all about uh, psychological manipulation. Emotional, uh, triggering people's emotional frustrations. That's what the lockdown was about. That's what these current rash of, uh, of responses to singular events and using it as an excuse to, to tear down things act a fool and ride in the streets they don't have any jobs they say well I can't get a job it's like well you think you're gonna get a job after someone sees you on tape destroying stuff I mean why would I hire you why would I hire someone who's whose first response to crisis and frustration is to you know tear down everything you know you know, if you want to, uh, want to abuse or wreck something, abuse your own, abuse your own crap, tear up, tear up your own stuff. I remember a time I was supposed to, I was studying for a final or a test, and this is, uh, I'm right over here by Ross Stadium, they're putting up a new scoreboard. Okay, anyway, so I was taking this test, supposed to be studying for it, and I was. Come to find out the test was that night and I was studying for it because I had read my syllabus wrong. So I see these people come back from the test. I'm like, what gives? And I find out and I double check. This tells you how stupid I was then. Uh, and that shouldn't be any, it's, it's no small feat to be that, that idiotic. So, you know, I had a Walkman at the time. And I took that Walkman and just busted it into a bunch of pieces. This is how pissed and frustrated I was. So, you know, at least I took it out on my own stuff. 
Uh, so I understand people's complaints and concerns and their and their inability to control their emotions. Learn from somebody who who has spent a lot of years trying to figure out how to control themselves. Cause I didn't grow up with a I didn't grow up with a father either. My dad went to prison too, so I don't want to hear all their crybaby antics because everything they think they've experienced, I probably experienced probably twice as much problem with it. It's always interesting how uh, how you learn something in hindsight. You know, learn from somebody who's experienced it. Don't do the same things that other people have done. You know, isn't that the whole point of life? To try to learn from others' mistakes, to not uh, apply their their insanity to your own life I mean most people that's that's probably the biggest thing that most people have to avoid it's not doing uh, trying to do things to be successful that comes in time it's learning how not to do the things that are unsuccessful uh, that are tragically uh, misinformed into your brain because you know it's it sucks when you don't get what you want I know what that felt feels feels like um, no, I'm not a Phi Beta Kappa. I came into Purdue with a lot of promise, but I came into Purdue without a, you know, I didn't come in with a lot of technical experience. And it showed. You know, when I say technical experience, I mean, I didn't come from a middle class family where I already had a computer and had all these wonderful gadgets and toys or a father who taught me how to, you know, build a car or whatever else. I was raw. And, and and maybe unteachable at that time. So here is uh, the Tyler Trent T-squared student gate at Ross-State Stadium. If you don't know, and I don't know everything about this story, but uh, so Tyler Trent was a student here at Purdue. And, uh, he had, uh, I think, terminal cancer. And... Uh, he became a hero, uh, somebody who uh, showed that he was, you know, hugely positive during a time of his, you know, his uh, last uh, year and last days here at Purdue University. Um, obviously, he passed away at 21 years old. I just think, you know, and uh, he uh, he left a mark on this campus, and most people uh, who've uh, have come through this place. Purdue leaves its marks on you. Um, in his case, he he, he uh, created a uh, uh, positivity in light of everything that was uh, uh, said in a lot of different ways. It's hard for me to t discuss him because, I mean, it's um, for many people. I'm sure uh, they uh, they would have. Uh, uh, different perspectives, you know, that know him and who had stayed a lot more. But I do know that, you know, here, here he was at 21 years old. People, for those that are uh, too incapable of understanding that your mark in life uh, can be made at any time for any reason, and it shouldn't be made for uh, negative reasons. It should be made for positive reasons. Um, Here's the oddity, right down the street there. There's a, right there by where you see the hammer guy, right behind that is the building. It's a Drew Brees uh, uh, Center. It's like a yeah, academic center for athletes and stuff like that. 
Uh, and Drew Brees obviously has been in the paper recently. So I come up here a lot. Um, I do walk around. I used to go out here on the Purdue football field, the practice field. But uh, they've closed that down this summer. Except for obviously the when they're practicing for the season. But they've closed it down to the public for the most part. Uh, they used to leave the gate open to walk through, but they don't let that happen anymore. Um, it's a nice day. Life is, I know people say, well, what's going on in your life? Why aren't you, uh, you know, killing it and making money and doing all that other kind of stuff like everybody else is? Uh, well, I was on, I was on hiatus for my last contract. And then this Corona crisis, quote unquote, came through and put a kibosh on millions of jobs not just mine so i've been uh putting lures out there to try to get a new gig i have some savings but you know like anything else i had to start all over again about nine years ago and uh when i say all over i started from scratch had like 500 bucks to my name and a beat up car I built myself back up a little bit and I, and I got myself a, a decent ride that just paid off and etc etc it's no no big whoop I'm not like I said I'm not killing it I have ideas but you got to know you got to have know the right people to make ideas grow and nurture them and uh, be successful I'm not a salesperson, never have been, never will be, I don't think. Um, I think I try, but I'm usually pretty lost in that regard. I mean, I like I like creating stuff. I mean, you know, whether it be engineering or designing it or, or you know, I know building, building is difficult because you have to have materials and time and money. Um... That's usually the biggest, biggest hard, hardship is to, you have to be able to put together a presentation that will get people to buy in for a, a business deal. And it's not easy. It helps if you know the right people or know at least someone who's wanting uh, to assist you on your endeavors. Uh, I mean, I guess I did build a business plan for a health health outlet the problem is, is just finding would be it would require a lot of partnership and I mean who can you trust I mean the people with the it's funny the people who could solve the most problems in this world with the money that they have they're always looking they're they're not really looking to help the rest of us they really aren't looking for something with a high rate of return but uh they want the least, I mean, they want the least amount of risk. Take, for example, Mr. Gates here. So he was talking about his vaccine push, which we know is pure evil. But leave that aside for a second. Leave the, leave the efficacy of it or the legality of it. Okay, he's talking about getting 20 to 1 return on investment. How can he get something like that? Well, he's made it so that he has no product liability. He's, uh, he's made sure vaccines are indemnified or insured against any uh, push to get rid of that or uh, push 
to sue in case of bad outcomes. So he looks at this, he's he solved the problem because from a business side, he didn't have to really work with anything. All he has to do is just say, hey, I can if I can get the scientists to come up with some something that works like a vaccine and is good and blah blah blah, but it has a say a one percent fatality rate. Oh well, you know, it's not one percent, be like point zero one percent. But you know, <laughs> if you're that point zero one percent who takes a vaccine and everybody has to take it, you're gonna have millions dead. We know that. But if you're if you don't have any liability because the governments have signed off on this, made a law, or made it so uh, pharmaceutical companies aren't held to that account, well, then heck yeah, you can make a you can make a quote unquote killing off your idea. Uh, of course, they'll say, "Oh, well, we're taking on all the risk and developing it." <laughs> There's other things that could be developing, working on improving people's. Uh, behavior in terms of food intake and motivation and training them the right things there's plenty of right answers they just don't want to go down those routes there's no because if people managed their health correctly and took care of themselves uh, you know there's no money in that for them because then once you know how to do it you're not gonna stop doing it and you're not gonna need end-of-life services. End-of-life services are hugely profitable, especially when you can shift it to the government and subsidize it. And people know this, at least the people that are in this system. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there's a reason why, and although all the hands on deck will uh, suggest all kinds of things at the end of your life, but, be damned if they're going to help you eat the right foods and, and manage your system prior to that or teach you about weight training and, and uh, supplementation that works and there isn't a lot of supplements that you can take that really work for you just a few I know I sound out of breath, breath but hey you know I never said I could breathe really well <laughs> so Especially because I try to talk, walk at a good pace, uh, pay attention to everything. Yeah, it does. It does attack your breathing a little bit. So when I'm looking at this future plan that everybody thinks is going on, I wonder. I wonder how it's going to be here in the future uh, in our society. Uh, once the chaos continues to keep rolling because eventually this is not going to end well and I think that's exactly what the whole point is the globalists the people that are at the high end of the spectrum want this whether it be due to the fact that there's there's some financial misdealings that they can't keep up the system I mean we there's lots of us that have very little understanding of what goes on behind the scenes. And, and if you don't think there's some kind of uh, strings being pulled, you're, you're deluding yourself or deceiving yourself. Because, I mean, Davos and 
all these little uh, international bodies. I mean, some of them are populated by people we've elected, but a great many of them have no, there's no accountability for what they say or what they do. I mean, they just, uh, they have their own vision. And they have enough weight and power or money to get it accomplished. And they all, you know, they see this one world vision where all people are going to get along in one big happy, as one big happy family. It's utter nonsense. I mean, if you, anyone who's individualistic at all can see through that. Because, you know, why in the world would I want to give up all my ability to choose what I think is good for me and do my own research in the process and discover that that does work and compare it to somebody who says okie dokie I'll just buy into whatever these people are going to give me I mean they're so far removed from you they're not going to care <laughs> I mean you're just a number to them you're just, you're just an ROI number to them you know do you produce enough labor and and I know this is this is veering off into this is uh this uh, if you're a leftist you you probably eat this and gobble this up that isn't what this is about it's about uh, you should want strong local identity national identity because you know we haven't had a world war since 1945 yes we've had conflicts and wars since then tragically but for these idiots they want a world war why it thins the herd they want you to be antagonistic towards each other they don't want you to be happy with what you have i mean you see these guys out here they're smacking balls around this guy's getting ready to tee off now do you think he has a care in the world right now there you go down the range I don't know where it went, but he hit it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's people that are having, you know, good lives, can do things. And you got this whole group of idiots at the top that don't want you to be happy. <laughs> so here we're outside of uh, Purdue's new... Uh, I call it their new intramural, well, they're not intramural sports, but uh, varsity sports complex. <sighs> you see a lot of traffic out here, but uh, this is like the bypass on campus. So right here is a folk field. Uh, it's a soccer field uh, for the girls primarily that I've seen on it all the time. So it's kind of interesting. I think it's important because I heard recently a lot of athletes have been very outspoken about their their right or desire to kneel for the national anthem, professional sports. Now, the reason why that implies to here is, you know, where do they get that idea? You know, look at this. These, these things were built out here. Um, Purdue didn't used to have a great... Uh, facilities and complexes for sports and their collegiate records showed that except for uh, basketball so you got alexander field over here behind it and so you know you put these complexes out here people come out and watch these teams play these kids are very uh, 
blessed to be both student you know they're student athletes they get to get a top tier education at Purdue and then they you know get to play on nice facilities I mean I'm just ballparking it here probably 10 to 15 million dollars to put this stuff up maybe more I don't know I am I'm not dealing you know I'm not dealing with each building or whatever but you know a good baseball field's probably uh, six to ten million this is probably a couple million here so you know we're talking real money uh, the Grand Prix track is way in the back there so you got these athletes out here uh, in the professional land who came from all these universities including Purdue and they're saying we they don't need to uh, need uh, they, they don't need to stand for the national anthem the reason why you have the ability to do what you want to do in this country in large part is due to the fact that we have provided an enormous uh, ability to do things here we have people that have no uh, gratitude or limited gratitude for what's been done for them and they come out here they play on these fields and then you know on a rare occasion they make it to the NFL and then they get used that platform or the NBA or WNBA or they play in the girls even the girls soccer team the US soccer team says that they don't have to stand for the national anthem or uh, yeah national anthem and the flag where do they learn this stuff the only reason why you 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 were even blessed enough to be you know this dual dual identity of the student athlete is because you were blessed with athletic ability or the ability to become an athlete you know through your formative years and then you have enough intellect to get into a uh, university hopefully of a substantial ability let's see there's a there's a US flag right there so what uh, are they gonna tear that down because you know hey I don't want to I don't want to stand for it I'd rather kneel for it I'll just take it down then as a side note I'm just I'm just I was just frustrated because I find these people their ability to uh, ascertain their uh, place in this world to be well overblown I was just thinking about when I was walking out here you know I'm while probably walking four or five miles maybe six maybe on a good day I can do that uh, if you think of the allied soldiers in the in World War two if they were walking uh, marching but they were going from the beachhead of of D-Day and coming into Germany going towards Germany I mean there were days where they had to walk you know 20 30 miles you know they were mustered out at 6 or 7 in the morning and then they had to spend 8 hours walking with a loaded pack of probably 80 to 100 pounds in some cases you know at bare minimum 50 pounds you know they're, they're sleeping bag they're all their uh, armaments and and uh, things to eat with and etc etc their whole the whole shot and they were doing this to to ensure Europe didn't fall under the long-term dictatorial rule of 
of Adolf Hitler. And then we got these spoiled little athletes here who won't even stand for a flag. And you know, there, their patriotism is just lacking in all ways. And and these people are getting paid like millions of dollars in some cases to feel that way. Just obscene. So I'm at my uh, final point of uh, destination here. I'm overlooking the campus at uh, a decently high point here up by the golf courses. So got the golf course over here to the left. And then you got the campus. I'm looking out over the intramural fields. You can see the tops of the dorms there, the HVAC on top of the buildings. Once again, you know, from a distance, everything can look quiet and kind of peaceful. And you can probably even see, well, you probably won't see it, but uh, the clock tower right there is near left and center, right next to the light post. I said, I mean, it's not like a, a beautiful, you know, ocean and, and uh, mountains in the background or cliffs and stuff like that. But you know, it has its beauty. It has its it has its uh, appeal. Like I said, when you're here over the summer and it's quiet and peaceful and there's nobody around, uh, campus has its has its appeal uh, to someone like me. Um, I've always been kind of a isolated or uh, by myself type of person. Um, people, I don't know, I, I, I can take them or leave them. Maybe that's why I got into engineering a long time ago was I thought it would be interesting. But uh, there is people interaction in engineering, just not as much as other fields. That's why I could never be a salesperson because... I don't give what the give a shit what those people think. Um, so you know, and nature has its appeal. I always like sports. Um, I wish I could go do things like kayak and stuff like that. And I know I can. I could go down to Turkey Run or someplace in Indiana. But I want to go. So I would love to travel someplace and want to stay. But uh, yeah, those days are probably getting numbered in the United States. We got too many idiots that are going to ruin everything i saw a conversation last night people were saying mount rushmore might be under attack in the future and it will be because some idiot will say hey we got to tear that down because you know there were some guys there that did something to somebody 200 years ago and you know that's offensive to me because you know i i'm 22 and don't know anything about life so you know things go I think they go this way in circles is what happens when you have all these Marxist professors who don't even amount to anything teaching these kids to resent everything around them and I guess they had to take people one at a time there are good people in the world and then there are just people that are manipulative and exploitive and entitled and they don't have any empathy better known as narcissist they just assume they just as soon gaslight your ass as to to look at you. Uh, they'll just they like to play games. They like to assume or presume that you don't know anything um, because uh, I've never met a narcissist that didn't think they were always right. <laughs> 
so <laughs> I have a lot of experience with that unfortunate uh, character trait I've, as a I would say somewhat of a codependent and I've you 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 develop those kind of mechanisms too because unfortunately you're around it so much I've tried to avoid it so much I've become more of an uh, avoided personality I mean I have my have my viewpoints obviously because I'm expressing them here but um, I just assume not have anything to do with most people because I'm always afraid that I'm going to get close and then get burnt so after a while the word trust is is earned trust but it was a say was it uh, our favorite uh, present trust but verify uh, Ronald Reagan <laughs> it's hard to hard to trust until you can verify and we don't even verify anymore a lot of people just just sell it and spin it as uh, Denzel Washington said anything to get it out there doesn't matter if it's right it's all about getting first being the first one to think of something the first one to to smear somebody so that's become our culture and we have people that love it because it creates the, the crazy making experience. I guess I'm I'm rambling a lot today because uh, you know while you're thinking and while you're walking, a lot of things come to your mind. And you see you always wonder when these cars are going by where they're going. At least some I do. Where are they going? What are they doing? What are they what are they up to? And by up to, I mean not bad things. I mean just, you know, what's what's going on in their life. Um, you know, why is uh, this road in particular important to their life at this point? Um, it's just another sidebar. So I'm getting done with my walk here. I'll be heading back to my domicile. It's not this close by, but I'm running out of battery life on this. Uh, phone, uh, storage space. There's another wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing about this campus: buses. Uh, when I was here, there's a few buses. We had the gold and black route, and only there's like maybe one or two others. But now there's like a slew of bus routes. You can't get any, you can get anywhere you want to now on this campus if you during uh, school time, and you can get off campus to Lafayette area downtown anywhere you want to be uh, I know I uh, for about a year or so I I rode the buses around here because I didn't have a car because after my uh, mom passed away I uh, her car her, the car that I had in my possession was hers um, I had a 88 Grand Marquis that the engine went to crap on and I had to sell it to the junkyard for $250 I actually got 200 because in the process of getting it there it it blew up <laughs> so they gave me uh, I almost got it there so they took 50 bucks off but my mom had a 91 or 99 uh, Toyota Camry that still had payments on but they wouldn't convert the title to my name without me paying off the entire loan and I didn't have the money at the time and the uh, tags are getting ready to lapse or expire so I just went ahead and uh, gave them the car because uh, I didn't have any other choice. So yeah, I've ridden buses. 
I've had my bike. Uh, when I lived in Indianapolis, I rode a bus for eight months. I'd take my bike. There was a couple of times I had to ride my bike 16, 17 miles to get to work. That was another long story, but that was back in the 2000s. So, yeah, I've had my ups and downs and experiences. Had to make do of whatever you had available. Uh, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, didn't make me, uh, uh, I didn't appreciate it at the time. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't plussed by it. I can tell you that. <laughs> There's a cop. A lot of cops now on the campus. They're all diving around. Uh, just trying to keep everything under, under control. They're going to be very, uh, they're going to be very busy in the fall, you can bet. Here's the uh, last really in intramural field at uh, Purdue um, for all the various sports. I can remember when there was, well, like I said, there was one over by uh, the re uh, co-rec that was huge that they've turned into an entire uh, building site. And then there's one down here that they're getting, they're tearing up right now as I speak. It used to be actually an intramural site and where they also used to park uh that was the extra overflow parking for uh, uh, football games for people out of town. And uh, so, yeah, things are going to change. And you're going to have to adapt. And you're going to have to put up a bullshit that you don't want to do. And I know I've rambled a lot in this, this particular video. But um, I guess you could title it Creative Destruction. You know, and the things we should hope to avoid certain things, learn from our past, apply it better, um, try to try to garner some perspective on even the things that you've uh, had to suffer through that weren't fair, that somebody may have done to you, but you may have had to expect or uh, try to forgive them for that. You don't have to forget about it, you just got to for forgive them figure and if you know that they're truly I guess you could say evil you're just gonna have to accept the fact that that's the way the world is that there are certain people that have no no compunction about what they do and by the way you probably aren't gonna be able to get any kind of justice against them uh, the greatest evils of all are usually done totally legally well, that's my rant